Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipped, wrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows, nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 Hello, Smegheads! My name's Jed Shepherd, And I'm Daniela Phillips. Thanks very much for joining us once again for Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. How are you, Daniela? I'm good, I've got beer. Yeah, you have. <laughs> That's the first thing you asked me for as soon as you walked in. I know, in. I was like, beer. Beer me up. <laughs> um, why, why are you so up for getting drunk? <laughs> This is Smegheads. I need, to, be... I need to be drunk to be around you. Yeah, that's true. And also, some of these episodes aren't exactly. I am building up. Yeah, for... <laughs> <laughs> to unleash. Okay, but the, I mean, this episode, Siliconia, which we're, yes. um, which is episode two of series twelve, mm-hmm. isn't so bad. But no, we'll get I, on that I enjoyed to... it. Let's yeah. just Adam in first. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you've, you've had your birthday. Which I've we had discussed. my birthday. What yes. else have you been up to? Um, basically just extending my birthday as much as possible. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. <laughs> you are. What, what are you dressed as today? What's, what costume? <laughs> I have a cat on my chest. Oh, that's <laughs> kind of cute. <laughs> um, yeah, and I haven't really been doing anything too okay. exciting that I can talk about anyway. Oh, but okay. yeah, just film stuff. Um, you, you, you watched Salt, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did. I it. loved it. Yeah. That's good. What's your favourite bit? Um, the end. <laughs> when it finishes, <laughs> the bit, oh no, the bit in the car at the end. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably my favorite bit too. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, if you guys haven't seen Salt, it's probably because Fox are kind of uh, preventing you from seeing it. But you will see it soon. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. and, I, and I'm going to star in Jed's next short film as well. My next short. I'm doing like feature films now. Okay, so I'm I'm starring in his next feature film. We've got. Oh, I'll tell you something really cool about Dawn of the Deaf. Okay. Um, off off air. It's okay. really cool. And then we've got a TV show that we're making probably next year. And so I, I can clear some time in my schedule. <laughs> well, to be honest, it's going to be about ten episodes, so maybe you can sneak in somewhere. Yeah, I, I need my first IMDb credit. Okay. Oh, you haven't got any yet. No, I haven't. Ah. No. <laughs> I've, I've got quite a few weird my, ones. My one appearance on 100% didn't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It was a quiz show on Channel 5. No, but what did you do on it? I, I was a contestant. No way! <laughs> you were a contestant on 100%? I was. And that was like broadcast was live on BBC? On Channel 5. It was oh, live. It was okay. pre-recorded. Channel 5. Okay. <laughs> That's why I haven't seen it. Do you have a video of it? Uh, my parents do, yes. Oh, excellent. <laughs> uh, we, need, we need to discuss that later. I need to watch it first. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's get on to Siliconia. Yes. It's um, it's the episode that kind of people have kind of been waiting for because when they were trailing the uh, Series 12 um kind of yeah the trailer basically the, the the one image that people kind of latched onto um was the four crew members dressed up like Crichton or where where Rima looked like a, like a melted penguin yeah. yeah 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 so i mean 
it's they all look a bit strange just because we're not used to kind of seeing them like that but i agree yeah. rimmer does look like a melted penguin he does. i think because they've just done his no- nose a bit like a beak yes that's it and the little beady eyes yeah <laughs> um and i, I mean i we'll, we'll get onto that in a second the kind of the makeup okay. and stuff um yeah but this episode is also the 69th red dwarf episode overall okay 69 and um it, i mean i still it amazes me how we've gotten to series 12 of this like silly sci-fi space sitcom and it hasn't been cancelled yet no it did go away for a while though a little while but what, why do you why do you think because we never really discussed this why do you think that um this tv show has such longevity why people keep coming back to it why it consistently gets good ratings um i, th- I guess because it, it established a cult following and as people have grown up and got older i don't think that um and that has changed i think people yeah. have stayed red dwarf fans and they've introduced their like families to it and there may be younger yeah. sons and, and daughters yeah. um it's yeah. not something that you can grow out of i think i think it's still relevant and funny actually they did touch on the social issues of the day but also i think because it's set in like the far-flung future it's not dated yet because we haven't even reached the 23rd century. No, even if you look back at some of the special effects, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. they're decent. They're decent. Yeah. I mean, and, and the ones that are not decent, quite cheesy, that adds to the kind of charm of yeah, Red Dwarf. I agree. Um, so this particular episode, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the, the ones that people were looking out for. Um, it starts off with uh, Crichton doing the normal menial tasks he always yeah. do. And they kind of set it up as he is basically <laughs> Lister's slave. This made me laugh so much, this scene, because it reminded me when I was younger and I used to like phone my mum from my room on my mobile and ask her to bring me like You can't have been that young if you had a mobile phone. (laughs) I don't... I think I was 29. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if it was a cordless phone okay. or that I had in my bedroom. Or my, but I remember. What would you be doing? Just I lying there. I just lying in bed and I'd call, call my mum on, on the phone to bring me like food no or breakfast. Way. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so it's so a list that is really. Sorry, mum. But I guess Crichton is a service droid. But Lister's the one that made him break his program so he yeah. can kind of like live a life more like a, a human. But Lister's still the one making him live a life of servitude. So he's there just, just lazing around, saying, asking Crichton to pass the beer when the beer is <laughs> right next to within him. arm's reach of Lister, <laughs> yeah. And then something appears on the monitor and uh, Crichton's like, oh, do you want me to unscrew this monitor and bring it over to you? And then Lister throws him a, a screwdriver. Um, and this is kind of establishing the fact that uh, mechanoids and Crichton specifically is in servitude to, to, to this crew. Um, and I mean, we see, we see Crichton develop quite a lot throughout these 12 seasons. We, we see him becoming more of a, a well-rounded person. He kind of, um, he stands up to people a lot and it quite, it's funny to me that now 12 seasons on, he's still not quite, broken his programming he's still yeah. in service to mankind he still has to abide by the laws i don't i don't think it's so much um he has to be in servitude i think that's the only thing he really knows and knows what to do and, and he so, enjoys it yeah, as well, doesn't i think he, yeah. he likes to do those chores yeah. and please people and i mean i think that's all he's ever known because that's, that's what he's programmed to do what else would he do just hang out and you know play board games boring though i mean they're all pretty bored aren't they yeah 
they're on on a ship three million plus years in, into space yeah. with not much, probably not a Netflix password between them. No, uh, and the Wi-Fi on Starbucks isn't great. No, um, so um, this is the kind of the the setup for the episode, and like we know from previous episodes, the the kind of first few minutes of the episode gives you an idea of the kind of payoff later on it kind of gives you an idea of what's going to happen for the for the rest of of the episode and we know at some point the question of um should mechanoids be in servitude or should they kind of be their own kind of type of people that will be come into question i was i was uh, prepared for it this week was you i was prepared <laughs> i was looking out for it um but basically we see a a ship come into close contact with starbug which happens in almost every episode um and when when lister and rim are kind of uh, get ready for it and they can arm themselves a, a mechanoid appears on the ship so a mechanoid comes aboard and it's a female mechanoid um and her name was aretto is that right can you remember you're looking at me like uh, I remember them going onto the ship and then being surrounded by mechanoids. Oh yeah, because they get grabbed, don't they? Like um, yeah, like the claw thing, like the claw comes from down. the from, yeah. a, from a game from yeah. an arcade. Yeah, it kind of grabs them. Yeah, that's quite. I mean, was that funny? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm not sure. So yeah, so they they kind of go onto the ship, and you're right. They they're kind of on guard. And then they meet this arrest. They're all like dressed in like black bomber jackets. Yeah. That's, <laughs> weird. that's kind of what you, you do in the future. You kind of dress like, and it also reminds like me. like the 90s. 90s yeah, brave. Exactly, exactly 90s. Did you, did you ever watch the TV show uh, Max Headroom? No. Um, well, that was about a character that looks a little bit like Crichton, who was like an electronic character okay. only on TV. Um, and it kind of reminded me of that TV show, all kind of warehousey and everyone's wearing bomber jackets and sunglasses um and they're basically they introduce themselves as the mechanoid international liberation front milfs milfs yeah <laughs> it's got a massive laugh even though it's so obvious it did get a, um a, a massive laugh. i thought that was okay yeah I, I, i'd give that one a pass yeah but what they the, they basically do is the the thing that people have been waiting for is they put the crew's minds into mechanoid bodies yeah i mean there is no real reason to do this besides so they can all be dressed up like Crichton, and they can do a joke about how small cat's brain is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great one they scan everyone's brain and it and it takes like 10 seconds for everyone else but there's a really short sound uh <laughs> because Crichton's brain um cat's brain's tiny um which he kind of would assume really because he's a cat yeah um so yeah so we now have this excuse for the guys to be mechanoids because like i when i first saw that image i was like okay how are they going to realistically turn them into mechanoids, turn them into mechanoids? Yeah. what what happens and i think we kind of posited an idea back when we when you were With guessing space worm yeah space but space worm <laughs> did it or something um but what so what did you actually think let's break it down what did you think of of the guys faces i've got a picture right here which i can show you <laughs> okay let's have uh, a look. let me just blow this up for you Okay, this is a picture yep. of the Red Dwarf crew as mechanoids. Okay, well, um, hold on. <laughs> Rimmer hold looks on like a melted penguin. <laughs> I'm sorry, but here we go. Oh no, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like a melted penguin. Yeah, look at um, his face, all screwed up with a beak, basically. Yeah. Um. I Lister th- looks fine. I think Lister looks a lot like 
Crichton. Crichton, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he comes off really well. Yeah. Um, Cat. Cat looks weird. <laughs> I don't he? know what he looks like. He looks so sinister. He looks very pointy. Yeah. Really hard edges. Mm-hmm. He looks very, very sinister indeed. Yeah. Um, and I think there was, there was a little bit of criticism from people when that image first like turned up. Because it is kind of stupid. But then people forget Red Dwarf can be very stupid at times. <laughs> yeah. And so, sometimes the, the stupider episodes of Red Dwarf, I, I, I like the most, really. Yeah. Um, I thought this was quite... A clever idea. It's yeah. nice to see. I know Red Dwarf repeats a lot of its ideas. Oh, big style. Um, and this was something new and different. So I've got yeah. to give it props for that. Well, I guess I guess so. We've, we've not seen this. But yeah. we kind of have, have seen situations where the, the crew have to kind of... Well, first of all, we've seen them in prison before in, in, in the episode Justice. Yeah. Um, in series eight, they're in prison as well for some of it it was eight or seven we'll come on to that anyway um and yeah so they basically get sentenced to perform menial tasks the tasks that they made Crichton do um so you've got um one of them having to iron thousands upon thousands of shirts someone scrubbing floors all the time someone make lister making dozens of sugar puff sandwiches which he used to make uh Crichton do and so it was almost like a uh, sense of irony to and these kind of things. enjoying it as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it isn't too bad. I no. know people. Yeah, ironing's fine. I mean, I George, never iron anything. But chores are fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But having to do that forever, I guess yeah. that's the kind of. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Crichton doesn't do that constantly. You're right. He doesn't actually. Um, but he he's having the time of his life on this ship. Yeah. He, well, it took him a while to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when he did adjust, he really did adjust. So he's got, he's living a life of luxury on this ship, which is basically um, piloted by mechanoids. Um, he's getting treated like a, like a superhero almost. He's getting pampered. And it's quite nice to see Crichton being at the other end of yeah. of the service spectrum. Um but then what starts to happen is uh some of the some of the crew get um acclimatized to the situation, specifically yeah, Rimmer. Rimmer. And Rimmer's voice in this is um, I, I amazing. His I Robert Llewellyn it. impression basically. Oh my gosh. It yeah. was awesome. Well he I mean obviously people know that Chris Barry he has a history of doing voices on Spitting Image and he's just a great impressionist full stop. Um and he's But the way that he he didn't fully adopt the voice, he kind of merged the two voices together mm-hmm. I thought was very clever very clever yeah you're right um I mean if you if you're a fan of Smeg Ups which is the kind of Red Dwarf outtakes he often kind of does that in the Smeg Ups as well uh parroting things that other crew members say um uh Craig Charles and and, and Robert Llewellyn um so it's great they got to use his one of his strengths because Chris Barry is a, is a great actor yeah. um so yes, yeah, so, so, so uh, Rimmer is really kind of entrenched in this kind of whole new world where there are set rules and you have to stick by it, which he loves rules. So he kind of he yeah. enjoys what's going on, um, and he's basically embracing it yeah. um, to the point where when they try to escape, he's not having any of it. He sounds the alarm. Yeah, he sounds the alarm because he he wants to stay there. He wants to stay there forever, and he thinks it's kind of selfish that the others want to escape. Um, if I was Lister and Cat, I would leave Rimmer behind. I wouldn't want him to come anyway because he's always so negative and he was. 
that's true, but at the same time, it's not him making the decision. His his consciousness has been corrupted. Yeah, that's that's. Do you, do you think it's that? Yeah. I mean, I initially thought, yeah, it's some of the kind of mechanoid programming and making him kind of have allegiance to them but i don't know i think that's that's the real rimmer he actually no, wants to stay i think, think his his personality makes him more susceptible and that's why he's turned quicker than the other two yeah. but i still think that it's down to the sort of manipulation and what's been done to them yeah well there's also the kind of whole fact that um this kind of ship this massive ship full of mechanoids is meant to be the kind of um to the kind of shining beacon to show that mechanoids are people too and they don't need to serve anyone but they have a lot of hypocrisy on board because they not only have these uh mills they also have like a working class yeah kind of set of mechanoids too who do all the menial work yeah they've created and, their own proletariat exactly and the higher ups are just like oh well we need we need people to do all the all yeah. the menial tasks and then i mean it's massive hypocrisy there yeah um and uh so yeah so it kind of shows that then mechanoids aren't better off on this ship after all um and i think there's a lesson to be learned there like the grass isn't always greener um <laughs> yeah but thing is like it, but then if you think about it mechanoids like doing menial tasks right i don't know so do you think it's better for them to be do they like it though well Crichton seems Crichton to like ironing, does, yeah. but the people the people the other mechanoids on the ship didn't seem to like it yeah maybe because they wanted to be more human like oh and they, and they are different series as well different mm. versions um maybe it's just different experiences maybe they haven't i think i think Crichton has become more friends i mean it's, it's boys from the dwarf isn't it <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> um but yeah so so when they try to escape um they, they cut off uh when he went surrender they cut off lister's hand which someone's hand gets cut off in like every other episode it seems like like a dwarf <laughs> um it happens all the time um but basically they find they find uh Crichton and he's about to be made one of these milfs he's about to become a milf yeah um and i guess once he's become a milf it means he's fully is going to stay with him forever and yeah. i think we i think you said that this is what the storyline was going to be about yeah. when you predicted it you said that there I would was be quite close it was going to be a load of mechanoids who wanted to keep crying for themselves yeah. yeah and he chooses to stay with them and become like a higher up officer or something yeah i was quite close you were quite good yeah. there is a distinct lack of space worm <laughs> involved is, there here. is i'm i'm confident by the end of the series we will see space worm oh well, we'll see, see about space that worm. <laughs> um, so basically, um, they they try to convince uh, Crichton that he is really part of the part of the crew. Yeah, because he isn't, especially because Holly isn't there. Crichton's been the one. Uh, I know I always say that Crichton is the exposition joy because he's the one who fills in all the gaps, tell them exactly what's happening. He's so necessary on board when you haven't got yeah. a ship computer. Yeah, they'd be lost. They'd literally be lost without yeah, no, him. Yeah, no, we couldn't not have Crichton. Yeah, the whole dynamic would just fall apart. Exactly. So Lister kind of like he has done in previous episodes. He's tries to convince him that he's not only a part of the crew he's like his friend and they need him um and then basically um Crichton realizes that this is this is true and he kind of wants to go but then the MILF say to him that he now he needs to challenge uh Lister to a duel and this this bit I don't know why but it kind of reminded me a bit of the setup of I don't know like 
Robot Wars. Robot Wars. Is that because like Craig Charles is in it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's not in it anymore, is he? But no, the whole everyone's sort of standing around an arena watching yeah. them. I don't know why, but well, it's, that it's kind robots of having a war, really. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Um, so basically, yeah, they have this duel. I think it's, it seems quite cool. I mean, obviously, it's a take on the whole gladi- gladiator type, yeah, type duel type system. Um, so um, basically, Lister essentially loses his listerness and becomes full-on robot um, in this particular scene um and just before he's about to kind of uh win um a light kind of appears like over the ship um because the they've reached their final destination the ship's reached final which is siliconia and what siliconia is is really uh the upgrade like an upgrade of your ios um and it basically, it's kind of like heaven. So it upgrades all of their iOS to, to the same operating system. Um, so they're all exactly the same class now. So none of them are different. They're, they're all the same. And again, I'm sure if we looked into this a little bit deeper, there'd be, we'd find some great meaning in this. Like it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a life lesson, but I can't really no, work out. Deep. Yeah. Someone, someone tell us what this actually means. Um, does it mean that everyone is the same deep down or does it mean that when we get to heaven, if there is a heaven, guess we'll all be the same. Be the same. Yeah. Mm. So basically while this is going on, distracted by this thought of everyone being equal, they rush back into the room to get their bodies back, um, which they, which they do. And uh, they get back on, to red dwarf um and they basically they kind of seem to have forgotten the milfs have seemed to have forgotten the fact that they wanted Crichton to stay and they had this they were having this big fight and they're just and Crichton's like all right guys see Bye. you later <laughs> i guess the thought of them finding their final destination siliconia has kind of chilled them out a little bit yeah see this always makes me laugh about red dwarf <laughs> because i'll be watching the episode and i'll look and um like nothing's been resolved yet and i'll look at the time and it will say you had 30 seconds remaining <laughs> and i'm like what what's going on and then that in that really 30 true. seconds i'll just boom 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 wrapped up that is that is so true <laughs> it is like that like a red dwarf episode is like 26 minutes long and and, and, they, and you can see like you could oh how are they going to get out of this it's 45 seconds left of the episode it's going to be a two-parter no, no they'll just shove in an explanation right at the end just and then, back the on the ship home yeah titles <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's just like, yeah, guys, I found a key to get out of this prison. <laughs> da, 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 da. What? <laughs> hang on, hang on a second. It's, cool. it's like they can't do endings properly because it's just kind of ends. Um, I mean, there is a little bit of resolution because the fact that um, the, the subplot of this is this getting his guitar back. Oh yeah, because obviously <laughs> they they've shoved the guitar out into in, into a previous episode yeah. out into space, and weirdly, it's come back around and. Um, the, the guitar's there and even though um Rimasa tells Crichton do not bring that guitar aboard do not tell Lister that we found his guitar the first thing he does yes, that is an order Crichton can't wait to go onto the onto the speaker thing with Lister and go Mr Lister sir good news we've found your guitar well, that's good I think that shows where his loyalties lie yeah and the fact he doesn't just obey orders. Exactly. But even he knows that Lister cannot play guitar very I well. Know. And actually in the next episode, that's brought up um, again. Um, so it kind of ends with uh, Crichton telling Lister that he's going to go to a soundproof deck so he can't hear yeah. him playing guitar. Which, again, a weird, 
yeah it's fair and a very weird ending um but i think there's a lot to like about this episode um it's different i like that different um they get to get get off the ship yeah we've never seen more than a couple of crichtons really yeah but they all looked very weird i don't know why yeah i guess so and then what but now what happens to them as well you think if they were mechanoids they all look roughly the same (laughs) yeah especially if they're the same series yes and why does Crichton? Why is Crichton the only one that looks like his maker? Yeah, why do I do, He's ca- carrying a bit of weight as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, you're right. It doesn't make sense. There can't be no, that many different no, versions. No. They should. They should just employ twins and triplets for this episode. Yeah. Mm. Um. But yeah, and I also kind of like the um, interplay between Crichton and Lister, and yeah, it, um, it kind of reminds us that Lister really is like a, the scum of the scum of the universe lazy layabout because sometimes we think of lister as oh he's like an adventurer he goes around saving people he's the anti-hero isn't he yeah but sometimes he can be really on it he can be really saving the day yeah if someone's if someone's um if there's a distress signal he'll be the first one to go and rescue them but well, then sometimes he can't even bother to get I a think beer that's out. why he's so relatable really yeah because, that's true. you know nobody nobody relates to someone who's perfect that's well, I true how, how how do you relate to me anyway oh i don't <laughs> <laughs> i see um, when, when I when I was presenting at Comic Con uh, a couple of weeks ago, the crew from Red Dwarf were there, right? Yeah, and they were. I, d- I didn't go and speak to them. I should have really, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. In fact, we should have really done a smokehead there. We should have done. <laughs> yeah. If I if I can get too late. If I can sort out um, to get them onto a panel, if they're at another Comic Con, which they always are at Comic Cons. Okay. Let's do a smokehead. Okay. Smokeheads live with yeah. like Chris Barry and. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think that'd be quite easy to sort out. I think that'd be fun. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'll actually pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take some notes. Yeah. Take some notes. No notes this week. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Yeah, so so series 12 so far yep good still, decent still two thumbs up yeah. i'm still feeling positive we'll see what happens next week it's in like my top five seasons so far yeah. based on these two yeah. episodes yeah let's see what the next episode brings i know us. let's see indeed um okay guys well i'm looking forward to talking about uh the next episode uh daniela how can people find you should they want to <laughs> if you want to find me i'm on twitter at daniela of one l phillips and I am on Twitter at Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D. You can find me at postpoprecords.com, postpoppodcast.com. Um, and also, there's a live show for Monkey Tennis at the Prince Charles Cinema on November 22nd. Uh, please do go because uh, it'll be good. And Simon Greenhall, who plays Michael the Geordie, will be there and we'll be asking tons of questions. Uh, and I, you won't hear me talking really because I'll be the producer. I'll be at the side of the stage doing so that, all the hard work. That's worth going to. It is worth <laughs> going that, to. See Jed being silent. You'll just, yeah, seen and not heard. I think that's best, yeah. <laughs> best for me. Um, but yeah, okay, guys, I'll see you later, Smokeheads. Bye. Bye.